Romans chapter 8. This is part 2 of living in the Spirit. A very important message for the church today to understand what living in the Spirit means. There's all sorts of definitions. We get ours from Scripture. There's all sorts of definitions of men that define what even being full of the Holy Spirit is. That's unbiblical. We get our definitions from Scripture. Scripture teaches us Scripture. Truth teaches us truth. Men don't teach us jack. Men don't teach men. There are teachers, but it's the truth that men share that teaches men the truth they learn. It's only the truth. Men must carry the truth, and when they carry truth, the Bible says it will show forth righteousness. That's Proverbs 12 and 17. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. But a what? But a vain, bro, what is it? A Huh? No, let's go look since y'all didn't get it. I'm blaming you. Proverbs 12 and 17. We're not leaving till we get it right. He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. The false witness says things that sound right, but they're not. He can even quote the Bible, but out of its context, it won't help you. Amen. It takes truth to show forth righteousness, and if we're not seeing righteousness, we're not hearing truth. Whether it be because somebody's not teaching and preaching it, or they are, and we're just not getting it. One of the two. But anyway, Romans chapter 8, verse 9, a couple of the springboard scriptures, if you will, that we shared Sunday morning that'll get this message on track from where we were. And this is the first one, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Okay, so let's make sure we understand again this evening before we move on that if you're a Christian, if you've been born again, the spirit of God dwells in you. That makes you in the spirit. You're in the spirit. And the church has turned that around to mean all kind of things. But it simply means that God placed you where you would have to be able to be to function to bear forth the fruits of who you are in Christ. He placed you in Christ and he placed you in the Spirit, which is the Spirit of Christ. They're one in the same thing. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of God. And so when he puts you into Christ, he puts you into the Spirit. It's not some weird thing of being in the Spirit. You stepped into the Spirit when you were born again. That's what the Bible says. Amen? And then let's look in Galatians chapter 5 as we lay these two scriptures. Uh, Springboard scriptures down tonight. Galatians 5 and 25 is a very important scripture. One of the most in the Bible because if you don't know it, you don't understand it, you can't live it. Christianity does not just automatically happen. What Paul went through and what we went through, every Christian goes through. Let me say that again. What Paul went through and we've gone through, every Christian goes through. You get saved, you're happy and you want to live for God, you want to serve God, but until you learn how, you can't. You can't except under the, your own vain imaginations, fleshly desires, and men come along and tell you, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. These three rules, these ten rules, and all these things. And you try and you fail and you keep trying because the object of our faith was not right. Amen. So Galatians 5 and 25, if we live in the Spirit, and that really means because we do, because we are in the Spirit, we live there. If we live in the Spirit, 
let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, let me say it again. You can't say it often enough. Just because we're born again, children of God, and we're in the Spirit, and we are, doesn't mean that we walk in the Spirit. You have to choose to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ to be able to walk in the Spirit. You have to choose to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ to be able to walk in Christ Jesus. They're one and the same thing. Walking in the Spirit, walking in Christ. If you don't know how, if somebody's telling you you live for God some other way, well, they're wrong no matter how long they've preached and taught. Any preacher that does not know the way of the cross as it pertains to moment-by-moment living cannot help the body of Christ. He can get people saved, but he can't help the body of Christ, those who are already saved. If a preacher doesn't know what it means to walk in the Spirit, then he can't help others to know how to walk in the Spirit. So walking in the Spirit in kindergarten form, and many scriptures we could share to prove this, means your faith in the sacrifice. When I move my faith from that one object, I'm no longer walking in the Spirit, even though I may be speaking in tongues. It makes no difference. God gave me a gift, a prayer language, tongues, when I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I can walk after the flesh and be speaking in tongues. Somebody said amen. I can walk after the flesh and be speaking in other tongues because it's something God gave me. He won't take it away, and I can use it anytime I want to, even after the flesh if I desire, just like grace. I can turn that into lasciviousness if I desire to, if I move my faith from the sacrifice of Christ. So we need to know these things. We, we've been in revival for almost 18 years. We're not going to let the fire go out around here. It's not going out. If, if you, listen, it's not going out. If you keep looking to, looking through, holding on to Calvary, the Christ of the cross, you're going to stay lit up like a, like a lighthouse on the shores. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some people are going to throw rocks at you, but you're still going to stay lit up like a lighthouse on the shore. So if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, let me make some statements here that go along with what we're studying tonight. And, and they are, living in the Spirit requires walking in the Spirit. Did we just read that in our Bibles? Yes, we did. Living in the Spirit requires that I be found walking in the Spirit. That requires, walking in the Spirit requires that I keep my faith literally in the death of Jesus, anchored there, my union with Him. It's my hiding place. Uh, him being buried represents me being put away. That means me being gone. And it's my hiding place also. The cross is my hiding place. But faith in the cross is our only way of communion with the Holy Spirit, as we heard Sunday morning. Nobody on this planet, as I'm talking about Christians, there's not a Christian breathing right now who's in communion with the Holy Spirit whose faith is in something other than the sacrifice of Christ. Not one Christian breathing on the planet right now who's trusting in something other than Christ and Him crucified is in communion with the Holy Spirit. They may think they are, but it's not the Holy Spirit they're communing with. Amen. And we brought it out Sunday morning, and we won't stop bringing it out no matter who gets tired of hearing it, that you can become, I can find myself in, I already have been found here by the Lord in a place where I thought I had everything going on with the Lord, but he wasn't in any of it. I can be in this and call it what I want to and the Lord be knocking on the door to get into fellowship with me. It's a scary thing, this is what the Lord is revealing to me now, that I can have and do have the Spirit of Almighty God dwelling in me. But I'm not in communion. I'm not in fellowship with my Jesus through the communion of the Holy Spirit. God found me in that place. I don't want Him to ever find me there again. He found me there. I don't want Him to ever find me there again. Do you 
Understand that. That is one of the things that makes this message so powerful to me. One of the things that makes me keep hanging on is because God found me in a place that I didn't need to be. And he brought me out of that place and put me in the place I have to be if I'm going to be in communion with his spirit and in fellowship with him. It's not going to happen any other way. And if you're not careful, somebody will come along and start trying to milk it down. They'll come along and start trying to just get you to look at at least something else. And there's nothing else to look at, my friends. There's nothing else to be excited about. All our joy and excitement and zeal and wisdom and knowledge and all the things that we have, they're only, listen, we're only built up in Him, rooted and built up in him if we're walking in him and we're not walking in him if we're not holding dear that truth of what he did at Calvary. It's just make believe. If we let go of that truth, if we even start looking away, we start getting ourselves in big trouble. We start losing that joy and we start walking around like the big lip club. We start having to walk around on ice at home around our family members. And we're just scared of this and scared of that. And it's just not, it's not like you don't want to end up like that. But you can. You can listen to this message for years and then find yourself dwelling dwindling away but it'll all be because the lust of our flesh is reaching for something else hallelujah it's just the truth it's just the truth it's only it's only when we walk in the spirit that the flesh which can never please god and only leads to death and destruction can be denied of its corrupting disruptive and destructive power. I'm going to say it again. It's only when we, only when we walk in the Spirit. If you don't believe this, then you you just in some mystical, magical mindset that God's just going to do something in you without your faith in what he did at Calvary. And my friends, that's what got us in trouble in the first place. It's only when, listen, It's only when we walk in the Spirit that the flesh, which can never please God and only leads to death and destruction, is denied of its corrupting, disruptive, and destructive power. Your flesh will kill you if it rules. But it can be denied through your union with Christ in His death. That's walking in the Spirit. Your first step in the Spirit was as a baby Christian, but in the Spirit you were nevertheless. Baby Christians are in the Spirit because they have the Spirit of Christ dwelling in them. But there comes a point when you, even you and I, God having to come and find in some religious mess and bring us out of that and set our feet back in the liberty where he placed them to begin with, there comes a point after a season of learning the scriptures in the light of Calvary. Oh my goodness, it's all about the cross. Another verse and it's all about the cross. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that beautiful? Yes, it is. But then there comes the time of application. Oh, the beauty of learning how this verse is tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. And my friends, that is what the whole Bible points to. Jesus bear witness to that when he said, you search the scriptures for in them you say you have life, but they testify of me. All of them, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms are concerning him. The written word was God writing a story of the living word that he would see in the storybook come to life. Glory. The storybook came to life. Jesus stepped into the world, the living word of God. And every law, every prophet, every psalm, all of it was all about him. All about him. Don't try to make it about you. It's not about you. It's about him. Your place is in him. And if you find the word all about him, what a great joy that is. What a great excitement and zeal it is to see that the word of 
God is all about the living Word of God, Jesus. But again, let me say that there comes a time when you got to move from the milk to the meat. And there's a lot of baby Christians who've been hearing the message of the cross for years that are still babies. See, the, hearing the message of the cross and learning the message of the cross doesn't mean you're not a baby anymore. You move from the milk to the meat when you start exercising your faith in the word of righteousness, the word of the cross. When it starts taking place in your life, hallelujah, it's not just another verse and being able to tell somebody how this verse relates to Christ and Him crucified. There comes a time. We never stop doing that, but my Lord, it better be happening in us. It better be changing us. It better be moving us. We better not wake up a year from now and still be the same. Amen. Our light should be brighter by now. 18 years in this, my Lord, we ought to be, we ought to be getting brighter. Amen. We, we, it's not we ought to know a lot more by now. We should, but, but the main thing is we ought to be applying a lot more than ever before. And we don't apply it. We let it get applied. We don't apply the word. Holy Spirit applies it, but he can't apply the word unless I'm walking in the Spirit. I got to be walking in the Spirit. I got to have my faith anchored in the cross. Got to be there. I'm going to read that statement again before we move on. It is only when we walk in the Spirit that the flesh, which cannot please God, and only leads to death and destruction, is denied its corrupting, disruptive, and destructive power. Only when we walk in the Spirit. A Christian who's not walking in the Spirit, the flesh is working corruption and disruption and destructive power in their lives. That's, that, listen, that's why we find ourselves with these attitudes and these, these moodies and, and all these, the, like I said a while ago, you just, you just, man, you're just walking on ice. You can't, you can't say this. You can't, I mean, I mean, people get so religious. There's freedom and liberty in the way of the cross. Hallelujah. There's freedom and liberty. And as I said Sunday morning, I don't give one iota. If you choose to walk in the Spirit, I hope you do, but I have to regardless if you do or not. I said it to the kids. I said it to the parents Sunday morning. It don't matter if mom and daddy is walking in the Spirit or not. You have to. It don't matter if your kids, your spouse is or not. You have to. Amen. Or you're going to allow their rejection of what you're offering them, you're going to allow their rejection, their disruption, their corruption to become a part of your life. And that's just not going to happen. Amen. That's what we need to say. That's just not going to happen. We're not going to be ugly. We're not going to be mean or obnoxious. But we're not going to back up because somebody else is backing up. We run in the race. We run in the race. There'll be those, I mean, I was in boot camp in the Marine Corps. There's those that fell out and uh, fell out crying there and fell out and all this stuff. Somebody asked me when I got out, did I ever cry? I said, man, I was too scared to cry. Just keep running, son. Just keep running. Just keep going. God uses those old my life back in the Marine Corps to just show me spiritual things that, that you, can, you, you can make it in spite. You can endure because Jesus endured. Hallelujah. He endured so we could endure. Galatians 5 and 16. Another powerful scripture in this same chapter. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I want you to think about that. And I know we've heard this for years, but it ought to be a lot more powerful to you now. It ought to be a lot more real to us by now. And it ought to be a whole lot more experiential now to us who've been hearing this message. I said it ought to be a whole lot more experiential. Amen. Something more than what we quote, we learn what it means to walk in the Spirit so we walk in the Spirit so that we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh that ain't never leaving. Your flesh is lusting 24-7 whether you're aware of it or not. 
It might not be lusting for uh, this or that, but the main thing it's lusting for is for you to put the cross down. That's all it really wants. Put the cross down so I can get back to us. Us. Me time. My time. I need some me time. Put that cross down. Don't let them tell you it's all about the cross. Mm. Need some me time. That's the number one. That's the number one lust of the flesh. You know why? Because as long as you choose to take that cross up, self being denied. That's the, see, walking in the spirit is the denial of self. Taking up your cross. Walking in the spirit means you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the Spirit means you're experiencing the life that's in Christ Jesus. And experiencing the life that's in Christ Jesus, while you're experiencing that life, you're not carrying out sinful lust of your flesh. Now, I've said it a few times. Some of y'all had turned around two or three times. I said, while your faith is in the sacrifice, you ain't sinning. And this is one of them Bible verses that prove it. Because if your faith is in the sacrifice, I didn't say it was or you'll think about it. If that's where your heart is devoted to, your union with your Savior in death, you're trusting in that. Your flesh is still screaming louder now than it ever has. But while you're holding that in your heart, my Bible tells, God tells me that I won't fulfill the lust of that flesh. My flesh is never going to stop screaming to have my way, to do it my way. My flesh is never going to stop telling me you need to go just step into there and do this and do that. You need to take control. You need to take care of yourself. You need to have a higher self-esteem. All it never stops. It will never stop until we see our Jesus. But that thing cannot, listen, it's not just that we deny it. It can't ever be fulfilled as long as we're walking in the Spirit, which is the same thing as taking up your cross, denying that thing, and following Jesus. Now, nobody does that 24-7. But that's not, that is not our, that's not the flesh's escape. Well, nobody does it perfectly. Nobody's perfect. Brother, I know it. But I'm not looking for a reason to give the flesh its corruptive power. I'm looking for the way and I found it. I'm looking for the way and I found it. Let me say that again. I'm looking for the way and I found it. Why would I ever stop telling it? Because it's our main problem 24-7. I found it. Trusting in the cross is my way of presenting my body a living sacrifice. Holy. Outside of that, there is no holy. Outside of that, there is no holy. You understand that? Those who are not walking in the Spirit are not experiencing what it means to choose to serve obedience unto righteousness. They're not, they don't understand Romans 6. And those who've been told it and who said, I don't think so, they can't walk in the Spirit. Because walking in the Spirit is equivalent to denying self, taking up the cross to follow Jesus, which is equivalent to serving obedience under righteousness because that's the only thing under holiness. Nothing else is under holiness. So when we're told in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy unto the Lord. That's what, he's, that's what Paul's talking about. 
We can't present our bodies a living sacrifice unless our faith is in the sacrifice. It don't work for me if I just quote that verse. Nothing works for me by quoting a verse. I've got to find these words of God being applied to my heart, but there's only one avenue through which he applies them. I'm sorry for all the the things that we've heard all the years about all the things men have claimed that God has done. God works through the sacrifice of Christ. I'm sorry that we were duped and seduced by what we felt and and this and that move and the feelings and emotions, but God, according to the Scriptures, uh, works through Christ and His sacrifice. Amen. We've always, as God's people, tried to move away from it. You know the story in Exodus 32 where Moses is taking a little bit longer and the people want to come back down the mountain. So they, 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 they holler out all these things. We need gods to lead us. We need other gods. This ain't, this ain't working. So they, they, they gather up, the Bible says, all their earrings and they bring them to the preacher. The preacher, Aaron, he takes them from them. He, he, he forms a golden calf. And, 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 and then they build an altar before the calf. An altar before the calf. Now, when it came time to bring offerings, they brought the right offerings. But it was a wrong altar. You ever thought about that? They brought burnt offerings and peace offerings, but they brought it to an altar built in front of something they made with their hands. That's a little bit opposite from what happened in Cain's life. Cain had the right altar but he wouldn't bring the right offering. They had the right offering, sacrifices, but they had the wrong altar. The right altar is Christ crucified. Outside of that, there is no offering to God anything. Nothing. And we, we, in a heartbeat, we'll follow somebody and their words of great swelling words of wisdom. We'll follow them as they lead us away from Calvary. Talking about Calvary while they lead us away from Calvary. The deception is there. They can lead you away from Calvary while they talk about Calvary. The deception is there, my friends. But we must must preach Christ crucified. We must point to that place as the only object of faith because only when we're looking there are we walking in the Spirit. Are we denying self, taking up the cross? Only there can we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy unto God. What does the Bible say after those words in that verse in Romans 12 and 1? Nick's about to show us. It says something about it being our reasonable service. Those words, reasonable service, mean so much more than what we read right there. The word reasonable comes from the word logos, the word. That's, where that, that's what that word means, the word, the logos, the word. Service comes from the word worship. Think about this scripture now. It's our word of worship. It's our, it's our direction of worship right here. I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, this is to Christians. This is not trying to get people saved. This is to saved people. That you present your bodies, that which you're living in, sitting in that chair tonight, listen to me online. You present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means that you're alive, but you're a living sacrifice. Holy. Holiness doesn't exist outside of this. It does not exist outside of this. Holiness comes through the righteous work of Jesus at Calvary. He did the work of righteousness. The work of righteousness shall be peace. And its effect shall be assurance and quietness forever. That's Isaiah 32 and 17. 
Jesus did that righteous work at Calvary. That's why when we got saved, our hearts believed unto righteousness. Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's your word of worship. It's the word of righteousness. It's the word of worship. It's, it's, it's the word by which we worship. It's the focus of the word for us Christians to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy. There is no, this, this, is, Romans, this is Romans 6 in a nutshell. This is Romans 6 in, in a one-liner. We understand that, right? This verse is Romans 6 in a one-liner. Because when you understand Romans 6, how the Holy Spirit works, where your faith has to be, and the choice you get to have to serve obedience unto righteousness, then you get to experience what's written here. And I'm writing commentary on this very chapter right now, one verse a day on social media every morning on my Pastor Curtis page. And... This whole chapter 12 in Romans is instruction on how to live. How to, not, not how to live, but what to do as the living sacrifice. And you read that chapter and you're like, boy, I need some help, Lord. Help me, Lord. You read the instruction and direction written in chapter 12 and you're like, help me, Lord. I need more of this activity in my life, Lord. But if you can't get verses 1 and 2 in this chapter, the rest of that chapter is off limits for you. It's off limits. It's off limits to the church because they don't understand this. And those that say they do, most of them won't submit to it. The cross is a message that has to be submitted to. The message of the cross for a lost person has to be believed before they can be saved. The message of the cross as it pertains to daily living has to be understood <coughs> and submitted to to be experienced. The victory of Christ. Again, Galatians 5 and 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So how often do I need to be Found, if you notice in all my commentary writings, when I use the word found, it's always all caps because God is looking to find. Paul said that I may be found. God is looking and I want to be found in the righteousness that's not that of my own but that of the Lord Jesus Christ and his faith this I say then walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh again here's the question how often do I need to walk in the spirit let me say it this way you and I don't have time not to be walking in the spirit no time this is a life that you submit to. This is a life you commit yourself to. I'm not talking about a preacher or a church. This is the way that we commit ourselves to. So therefore, when other people don't believe it or other people treat us a way that they shouldn't or even when we do big pieces of stupid that we shouldn't, we always have somewhere to run back to that's safe. This is the very definition of a righteous man falling seven times, but he's able to get up. Why? Because he knows he can walk in the Spirit. He wasn't when he went down. He knows what it means. He's supposed to know what it means. He's got one of these. And in your Bible, in my Bible, God tells us if we'll walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I'm fearful of going to work tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. I, Lord, I just, I just, Lord, I, don't let me get in the flesh, Lord. Don't let me. He, he's not going to stop you from getting in the flesh. But he has provided the truth that will keep you out of the flesh. Amen. 
How many Christians are asking the Lord every day, Lord, don't let me get in the flesh over this. It don't work that way. They go on and get in the flesh, and then they wonder, Lord, I said don't let me get in the flesh. You just let me get in the flesh. You know what we're good about? Rob and I were talking about it last night. We're good at blaming God for stuff. We good at blaming God for stuff. God told me to do this. Well, it became a flop. Well, God changed his mind now. No, he didn't tell you to do it to begin with. Or if he did, you messed it up, fix it, and get back in it. We blame God for a lot of stuff. I'm telling it like it is. Hallelujah. Walk in the Spirit. Doesn't say you might not. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not. Fulfill the lust of the flesh. And let me ask it one more time. How often do I need to be found walking in the Spirit? When do I need to be walking in the Spirit? I never don't need to be walking in the Spirit. But because I know what it means to walk in the Spirit, and I can walk in the Spirit because I know how to walk in the Spirit, we know that here at Crossway Church. Now my biggest problem is choosing to keep my faith anchored in the sacrifice where I'm out to picture. Because you know sometimes, I know the Bible says vengeance is the Lord's, but I want a little bit of it myself. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all got them floating halos above your head tonight. I see them. Vengeance is the Lord's, but Lord, can I have a little bit? I know how our flesh is. I want a little payback, Lord. I want a little payback. When you're carrying the cross, it's going to make you look like you're being run over because you have done so wrong. The cross made Jesus look so wrong. It made him look so powerless. And that's what the cross will do for you. That's what the Bible says. That's what the cross will do for you. The cross of Christ, this message is not so we can rule in some outward form of being over anybody. This message of the cross is so our Savior can rule over our hearts. And when he is allowed rulership of my heart, that's walking in the Spirit. That's my faith anchored in the sacrifice. Everybody in this room, knows the message of the cross. You can tell people. You can tell it. But everybody in this room also, at times, right there in that moment, we knew it and the Holy Spirit reminded us of it. But we went on anyway and did that, whatever that was. I'm just being honest tonight. We not, we not, listen, we're not one of them churches trying to act like we got it all together. But we do know the truth that will hold it all together. We ain't got it all together. Amen. We're not better than anybody. We got the same struggles everybody's got. But we do know the answer. And a lot of people don't like it when we preach the answer. Because it's not the answer they're preaching. But I can't help what other folk are doing. All I know is what my Bible says. That if I walk in the Spirit, I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That tells me that when I do get in something and the flesh is being fulfilled through my life, I'm not walking in the Spirit. <coughs> I can get back in the Spirit in a moment's time, but it's a heart issue. It's a heart surrender. It ain't quoting, well, I got to go get it. I got to go get in the Word. I, oh, here it is right here. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right. Hey, hallelujah. There it is right there. Glory to God. Well, that ain't going to do nothing for you. That ain't going to do a thing for you. It's where your heart is surrendered to. Yeah, lots of times it's going to make you look like you're weak. They asked me several times in these last years, why don't you take up for yourself? Why don't you do something? Why don't you, why don't you tell it? Well, don't think my flesh don't want to tell it. Don't want to do something. But my Bible says that if I walk in that, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. If I walk in the Spirit, I might be in trouble with you, but I'm not in trouble with the Lord. 
Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 8 tonight, verse 13. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Romans 8 and Galatians 5, they go so wonderfully intertwined together. Romans 8 and 13, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you walk in the Spirit, you ain't living after the flesh. Now, we get we, 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 we sow to the flesh all the time. I'm just being honest. Here I am honest again. We say things. We, we do things. We, we have thoughts that we didn't ask for, but then we, we assemble them the way we want them. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know it's true. You didn't ask for that thought. You didn't ask for that. You were bombarded with it. Where did it come from? Well, the Lord, you ask the Lord, he'll say it come right out of your heart. Don't try to blame it on floating in through some air. All, thought, all thoughts you have, you might not ask for them, but they come up out of your heart. Amen. No, it's that billboard I saw. No, it's what your heart did with it. If you live after the flesh, that means you're walking after the flesh, you shall die. But if you threw the Spirit, it takes the Holy Spirit. You've got to be in communion with the Holy Spirit. And to be in communion with the Holy Spirit, your faith has to be in the blood, the cross, Jesus crucified, the death, you, the redemption plan of God. Your faith has to be there. It's the only object. If you through the Spirit do mortify, meaning put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. Now, this is to Christians. This is not talking about if you walk after the, if you live after the flesh, that you'll physically die, although it could result in that at times. It's talking about what Paul said about him dying, the church in Sardis being a dead church, even though they had a name that they were alive. They were walking after the flesh. How do I know? Bible doesn't say Sardis was walking after the flesh. Well, if they'd have been walking after the Spirit, Jesus wouldn't have told them they were dead. If you, if, if you live after the flesh, if you're going after fleshly things, if, you know, that means even retaliating. That means doing evil to somebody who did evil to you. That's living after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. That means you'll walk in a non-fruit-bearing place. I'm not preaching something tonight, teaching anything tonight that we don't experience. We all sow to the flesh. We all walk after the flesh to some degree at times. Can I get a witness in here? But thank God he doesn't kick us out, throw us away. He just says, get up and come on. Get up and keep... When Jesus rebuked Peter, called him Satan, but he didn't say, get out of here. Well, I'm glad of that. We make mistakes, we make mistakes, and listen, we make mistakes and the Lord doesn't throw us away, but if, if we don't know what it means to walk in the Spirit, really all he can do is correct me. At all times. And point me through other people or in the Word. Somehow it's got to be other people with the Word or me in the Word. But all he can do if I don't know what it means to walk in the Spirit is try to get me to see what it means and to get there. If I don't know how the message of the cross pertains to my moment-by-moment moment living, all he can do is send people to me to get me to learn that, like he did me, like he's doing many. Because until I learn that, I'll never know what it means to walk in the Spirit. I'll always wonder why there's so much confusion and contradiction in my life. I know I'm speaking from experience. I came out of much contradiction, much confusion. He found me in a place where I was telling him, I don't know anything except you love me. That's it. That's all I know. And he knew what I meant. I don't know about tongues. I don't know about none of that stuff. I don't know, I don't know anything about any of that. 
but I know you love me. That's all I know. I'm hanging on to that. That's all I'm sure of. And he found me there, confused. You can be hurt to the point where you become confused about everything. But it was beyond my hurt being the reason of my confusion. It was my lack of the knowledge of the truth that was bringing my confusion. And when you're confused, you're going to experience contradiction. You've heard me say it many times, and you know it's true, that before the message of the cross began to be ushered into our heart by the Lord, there were lots of things that we just knew were wrong, but we couldn't put our finger on it. I, I, I know that something's, something, I don't know what it is, but I do well, the, the, the message of the cross turned the light on to all that. So I'm no longer confused about all that. I'm no longer walking in a place of contradiction, confusion. I'm walking in the light now, in the spirit now. And I want it to be happening in my life more now than ever before. <coughs> if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you, through the spirit, will mortify, meaning put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. But notice it's through the Spirit. It's through the Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. And again, let's go back to the scary thought, the scary thing the Lord has been showing me lately about how you can have His Spirit but not be in communion with the, His Spirit. You can be speaking in tongues and not be in communion with the Holy Spirit. You can be in a lot of activity, but it not be the communion of the Holy Spirit. The church of Laodicea found themselves, and Christians who get tired of hearing this, don't be one of them. Don't be one of them. The church of Laodicea had their Savior on the outside wanting into fellowship with them. They had the Spirit of Christ dwelling in them, which proved that the Spirit of God dwelling in us is not approval of anything except that it's proof that we were approved initially when we believed. But it's not God's approval on what's going on in our lives. Because if we're going to be in the communion of the Holy Spirit, and we have to be to be walking in the Spirit. You can't be walking in the Spirit and not be in the communion of the Holy Spirit. Everybody okay tonight? Uh, there, I'm not being ugly, but there's a lot of vain imagination. And a lot of preachers who know the truth, but they won't quite preach it like it should be preached and taught because they're scared folk will get up and leave and take with them all the money and all the... God's raising up ministers now. They're not being held by none of that. They're just preaching the truth. And if people come and like it, well, they're blessed. If they don't like it, they hit the road. They keep living in their vain imagination. That's really just the way it is. That's what God's doing. Andrew sent me a message last night and asked me, had I heard of all the Muslims who were being saved overseas? And I said, no, I hadn't. He said, there's countless Muslims being saved, having dreams about Jesus. And I said, boy, the door's about to close. The Lord's bringing them in. Lord's bringing them in, but it's got to be through Jesus. Let's read this again. For if you live after the Spirit, I'm sorry, if you live after the flesh, you shall die. That means you're really not living at all. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, the deeds of the body, the deeds of the body, present your body a living sacrifice, the deeds of the body, the actions of the body, if we do mortify the deeds of the body, we shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
Now, nobody's led by the Spirit of God every moment of their life. Can I get a witness? But the ones that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Whether It doesn't matter how often it is. If you're led by the Spirit of God, you're a child of God. Amen. So I'll finish this tonight just by reading the initial Scripture. And I do hope that the Lord would be able to stir this in our hearts and let us see the assurance we have. Not, not we, we look at many times, I know I do, we look at if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And then we say things like, if you ain't walking in the Spirit, you, you, you can't live in the Spirit. And that, that's true. That's what we're being told here. But you also need to always look at the other side. And that is living in the Spirit. It's the place where the life of Christ is experienced and expressed only in the Spirit. Only in the Spirit. And you were placed there when you were born again. But you, 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 like Paul and all of us, all Christians, have to learn what it means to walk in the Spirit so that the one who put us there, we can express him. We can experience him and express him. You can't do that if you're not walking there. You can't do that just because you're there. You have to walk there. That's a powerful statement. You can't express Christ just because you're in the Spirit. You, have, you can't express Him unless you're walking in the Spirit. And I know it's true because I'm, I've been in the Spirit since I was 11 years old. Christ has dwelt in me since I was 11 years old. And my friends, I got news for you. There was many years there that I didn't express Christ. Because I wasn't walking in the Spirit. But the Spirit dwelt in me. And that's a horrible thought. But it's just as horrible to be in churches where there's some big entertaining, hyped up emotional thing called today's Pentecostalism. And, and their faith is in all of that and not the sacrifice of Christ. And you get the same result. You get the same result. You just get a little bit better uh, entertainment. On one side. Now I'm preaching better than your way meaning. You just get a little bit better entertainment in one, from people who got a Bible in their hand. But you know the reality is we're not here to be entertained by men. We're not here to entertain men. We're here to express Christ. That's an impossibility outside of walking in the Spirit. It's a precious thing to know this truth. One of the most precious things about it is, is what we mentioned earlier. When we fall, we get to get right back up. If, if we lay there and wallow in it, and walla in it, and just walla in it, the longer we walla in it, the less likely it is that we'll ever get up and walk in it again. But all you got to do is get up and walk in the Spirit. Because, see, it's one, you're one choice away. One choice. I was thinking earlier, sitting down here tonight, I think, sometimes I think it just looks kind of crazy that we're here and we're talking and, we're just, we're just talking to each other, and Angela walks up and says, are you here to worship tonight? And we just go, amen. We just go from talking about the storms today to glory be to God. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, the enemy can say, that ain't real. You can't go from that to that. I'm, it, it's a moment away. It's a, it's a choice. You, I don't care what you are doing. It is a choice just to redirect in a moment. If you fall, you can get up immediately. You ain't got to wallow in that big piece of dumb you did. You ain't got this. You, you need to let the Lord show you when you're making comments like I've disappointed myself again. Well, that means you were trusting in yourself again. Get up and quit trusting in yourself. Self is always disappointing. But Jesus never is. He never disappoints, so get back up and walk in Him. Amen. Stand with me tonight, if you will.
Walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, hallelujah. It's the only place to be for the child of God. Outside of that, there can be no fruit. We'll be doing a lot of good things like the church of Sardis, calling it good and making a name for ourselves, but we'll be deader than doorknob. We'll be dead. We'll be dead. Oh, my goodness, because if our faith is not anchored in the sacrifice, I mean, that's what my heart is trusting in. Oh, Lord, I pray it all the time. Lord, help me to trust in the sacrifice of Christ. Help me to learn this great truth in an experiential way. I see, Lord, you've taught me and you're still teaching me the scriptures. But, Lord, I want the living word that was made flesh to live in this flesh. Hallelujah. That's what I want more than ever before. Nobody's perfect, I know it, but we don't use that as an excuse to to move away from walking in the Spirit. If you start using that as an excuse, even us who know the way of the cross will find ourselves in, 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 in a bad place. You have to fight the good fight of faith. You have to fight to stay there. Not in some church, not in... You have to fight to stay at Calvary. That's where you got to fight. Stay. Amen. Why don't we just worship the Lord for a few minutes tonight. If you need prayer, come. We'll pray for you. I thank you, Lord, for this message tonight. I thank you for reminding us again. There's absolutely no place you'll honor, no place you'll bring forth the fruit of your doings and your goings in us outside of our walking in the Spirit. For years we wasted, Lord, but now we don't have to waste another minute. We wasted years. Oh, we wasted years. We had moments where we cried out and were thankful for the gospel. And you did amazing things. But Lord, then we started leaning away again, trusting in something else, ourselves, really. And you showed up again to bring us back again like you always do. To bring us back, not to something different, to the same old path of righteousness. Always bringing me back to the place I have to be beholding to be made conformable to that glorious image. To be found walking in the Spirit. And I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Lord, we'll just lift up my brothers tonight. I thank you for your faithfulness in their lives. The reflection of your faithfulness is seen clearly in their lives, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing in them and through them and in their families and through their families. I thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Oh, use these men, Lord God, in these last few moments of this age in which we live. We thank you, Lord, for teaching us what it means to walk in the Spirit, teaching us to walk in the Spirit, bringing forth the fruit that's found there in the Spirit. Lord, help us to stand in the place that you placed our feet the very moment we first believed. Oh, thank you, Lord, for teaching us how to walk in Christ Jesus, in the Spirit, how to be rooted and established, built up in Him. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for those all over this region who are struggling with the great truth of Calvary. They're hearing it, not understanding it. And I pray, Lord God, that you would open their eyes and let them see it. I lift up my brother to you, Lord. I ask you to have your way, your will be carried out through him. Through him, your perfect will in his life. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that you alone can give him. Oh, we thank you for what you've done, what you're doing now. We give you all the praise for it. We ask you for a fresh touch of boldness on his heart tonight, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb, that doors would be open to him to speak this great truth to the multitudes. We thank you, Lord God, for using him as a witness unto you and a testimony unto all that know him. Hallelujah to the Lamb. We thank you for your touch upon Ron and Rosa and Allie tonight. 
and every other person in this room or watching online and those who couldn't even be here tonight. We thank you for your touch upon every one of us. Those healing, merciful hands. Those hands of deliverance. Those hands that aligns everything in order in our lives. I thank you for the order of the Lord. I thank you for the power of the Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making us realize when the prior priorities are not right, Lord, that you can invade our lives and show us what is the right priority, that your Son, our Savior, is the one who holds the preeminence and that our hearts should allow Him to rule and reign there. And we give you all the praise tonight. Thank you, Lord, for putting us in the Spirit and your Spirit in us and teaching us about the way of Calvary, walking in Christ Jesus, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and putting us here for such a time as this to bring this powerful truth to your people all over the world. And we praise you for that. We pray for open doors tonight in our geographical area. We pray for open doors even in social media. We pray, Lord, that you would enlarge the borders of this ministry, that you would bring those from every direction to join this fellowship, to help with the work that you've called us to do, Lord, here in these last few moments. And we just give you all the praise tonight. We love you, Lord, and we need you. Help us. Help us, Lord, to walk in this way. Help each one of us, Lord. May those, Lord, who are found weak find the strength that is in the grace in Christ Jesus, Lord. Help those who are struggling with this message, Lord, to give up. Help them to see the reason, to count the cost, and to see that you paid it all. Help them, Lord. Help them, those that belong to this house, those that belong to your church all over this region, Lord. Help us all. In Jesus' name we pray tonight. Amen and amen. Praise be the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I love you. The Lord loves you. I guess I'll see you Sunday morning, maybe.